Welcome to Sub-Lira. My name is Shepard Bridgetower. And I'm Henry Dubois. Uh, and we're still friends. So, uh, Henry, how are, you, how are you going? Oh, I've been very well, thank you, Shepard. Uh, I think since we last met, there have been some intervening activities that have taken place. Yeah, that's true. And it's been like a while since we've, you know, caught up, which mm. is good. Mm. It does feel like it has been a while, but, you know, I've been sort of busy, um, you know, catching up with people. Yeah. Um, Eating out. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and then, I guess, uh, you know, the usual things, usual shenanigans, work, yeah. etc. What about yourself? Yeah, I guess, the, I mean, I was going to say the same, but like, that'd be lying. <laughs> so, yeah, I've just been, yeah, you know, just uh, keep myself busy with the old nine to five. Now it's, it's come back nine to five. <laughs> nine to nice. five, yes. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, I think we're having a, a sort of discussion about this a bit earlier, like time does sort of fly, mm. you know, you sort of keep yourself busy during the week and then, you know, weekends you're just like, I don't know, doing housework and cooking and cleaning and mm. stuff and then the week starts again and then sort of one week becomes two weeks, becomes three weeks and then you haven't caught up with people. So time, t- time can sort of escape you as, you know, as you mature, which is, mm. uh, I guess, something that you have to be somewhat cognizant of otherwise you could end up sort of drifting away and being an island onto yourself mm. why did they call why did they say that time flies why doesn't it i mean i get, i mean well because well, I, I assume it's because like flying is the quickest mode of transport that we have so it's like mm. do you, is it yes i guess so like what else is quicker than flying at the moment Oh, at the moment, well, that's true. Yeah. Rockets, yeah, rockets do fly, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so, so it's like, when, like, <laughs> before the Wright brothers made planes, do you reckon people were like, man, time is real like a horseback? Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know, like, time, like... Time gallops away. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or like, time runs away, like, you're running out of time. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's just like, whatever's the quickest mode of transport that we have at the time, hmm. we equate time to that or something I don't know something, something yeah. like that but yeah no, that, that's actually a good point mm. it's like maybe when Elon Musk creates something new yeah when there's like some sort of super hypersonic yeah do you remember that plane called the Concorde yes do you remember that the really noisy one yeah, yeah. but super fast <laughs> what did it stop I think, I think it crashed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it like crashed a lot of times I think like but it had the one it's like, I had a really weird nose it had like yeah. a down and pointing yeah. it looked super cool yeah. did you ever did you ever go on one? Surely not. No, no. Yeah. I think they still have them, right? Do a they? variant of that for parcels. Oh, okay. I mean, it's just not very safe for the pilot, but yeah, well, parcels, true. yeah, whatever. <laughs> exactly. It's like, who cares? Like, your Amazon delivery is going to be late by a day, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And where do they fly? Do, do, you know, do you know which routes they take? I have no idea. Yeah. No, but I, I, I do remember watching some... I think it was airplane investigations or something like that, yeah. air crash investigations, and yeah. they. I think one of them featured the the Concorde. Yeah, because yeah, crash. like I remember. What, what, do, you, do you know if it was a Boeing or or an um or an Airbus? Uh, I would say Boeing, although that's not. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I feel like Airbus is more a recent. You know, a, a more popular. Recently, right? Yeah, I think Boeing. I feel like Boeing is the one of the older, more and Jay's. This is going to show my ignorance, but Airbus is American, Boeing is European. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think right. Boeing, I'm pretty sure is European. Yeah, I'm I'm almost certain Boeing is German. Is it? Is it German? I know. I have no idea. I, I know, know one. Actually, I, that's true. I don't know. I know one is one is American, one is European. Well, Airbus so. sounds American. Does it? Yeah. I Boeing. Guess, yeah. yeah. Not really an English word, is it? No, it's not. So it must know. be European. The, anyway. the, the only other. By the way, this is probably something that we have to clean up next episode. We'll come with a, at least a summation, at least like a 
a, a sort of very very brief Wikipedia read mm. on uh, the difference between Boeing and, and um, Airbus and Airbus. But mm. the other the other airline that I know of is um, Bombardier. Do you know yeah. what country that's from? No, I think it's Canadian. Oh, is it Canadian? I'm pretty sure it's oh. Canadian. There you go. So yeah, I don't know anything else that sort of connect. Canada has uh, manufactured maple syrup. Yes, well, that's that's a bit oil generic. Drake, Justin uh, Bieber. I mean, oh, <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. But have they really strictly manufactured Drake and Justin Bieber? Why? Well, I, I mean, they were sort of made there, and then I guess they were um, exported <laughs> to the old friends down south. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. Yeah. But anyway, we going to talk about our. First segment. I can't, I must just say, I've quickly Googled it, but <laughs> Airbus is European. Oh, Airbus is European. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And Boeing must be European too. No, I'm right? pretty sure Boeing is American. Is Boeing American? Yeah. Oh. Boeing is American. Oh, so, so we got it the wrong way around. Well, <laughs> I did anyway. Well, there you go. So we've, um, we've uh, yeah, just uh, righted that wrong. And we shall sort of, I think, we might as well just read up about the old Concorde. Mm. And, you know, see what... Um, See what's up? Like for some reason, I always associated it with France. The Concordia? Are you thinking about? No, just the just the plane. Like, did plane. it crash? Did it crash? Like going to Paris or coming from Paris? No, I don't know. Anyway, I think maybe we, we should have a segment about planes. Maybe. <laughs> by the way, do you remember that um that song by um who's that who, who's that who's that guy who was on the playlist last year? Um, McCamper, Jordan McCamper. Oh, Jordan McCamper. There's that song about like, like a bird, like a plane. Oh, yes, something, yes, something, yes. Let it be free. Yep, yep. Tears in the hurricane. Yes, tis, yeah. yep. Great That's song, right. great song. <laughs> Jordan McCamper, yes. Do you still listen to him? I do, actually. Yeah. I still listen to our playlist that we've got going. Yeah. Uh, it's still entitled 2021 Discoveries, it's not 2022. Have you, have you added any, any, uh, any new ones? No, I have not actually. Although we, I did discover that other artist the other day. Yeah, the one that seems missing you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. What's his name? Also, it's like Budjara or something like that. It's B U D J A R A H. Yeah. Pretty sure. Uh, maybe I'll add his song onto yeah, yeah, our shared playlist too. Yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Budjara. Yeah, he's he's Australian. Yeah, so nice. probably even more niche than Mind Chatter. You reckon? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. He has less Spotify listeners compared with Mind Chatter. That's so he's even more niche. Pretty niche. <laughs> okay, so, well, he has three about well 380,000 monthly listeners. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mind Chatter's like 400,000, I'm Is pretty he? sure. I would, uh, I would think more. Really? Yeah. Mind Chatter? Uh, Surely he has more. Because he's... Okay, well, he has 450,000. Yeah, there you go. So 460. Oh, there so you about, go. Uh, what's the, the 80,000 more? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent chunk. <laughs> mm. I would have thought Mind Chatter would have been like... More popular. By the way, that reminds me. You sent me a great message during the week. You're at a cafe and you heard Steel Woozy. Yes, I did. It's another one of our favorites. Yes, I How did. Like, wet, set the scene. Tell me about it. Set the scene. So this was, I would say, a week less than a week ago mm-hmm. on the weekend, and I was in this cafe, my my local cafe, mm-hmm. at. An ungodly hour on a Sunday. It was at six thirty. It was pretty early. It was very early. I remember, oh, uh, anyway, I was I was at work around two p.m. and I got the message. I'm like, I mean, I guess like you might as well wake up this early on a Sunday. But cool. It was very early. Anyway, I was sort of sitting there and um and then and as I was waiting for my food, I heard this song come on yeah. and for for a moment I you know I didn't it didn't quite register. Yeah. And then I'm like, hang on, I I recognize this song. Exactly. And then like it's still woozy. Yeah. 
I reckon that's the thing. It's like sometimes you hear these songs and you're like, wait, this sounds familiar, but it just feels different. <laughs> but it feels because it's like you're in a different environment mm. and you just weren't expecting that song in this particular environment. But then it clicks. It's like, oh, I do know this song. Yeah. Anyway, I was very surprised because it, you know, one, it was very early and I didn't anticipate to hear Still Woozy on, you know, being played at the, at the cafe that I was in. Yeah. But that was a pleasant surprise. Is it like a trendy cafe or just like a sort of... Run no, of it's cafe? absolutely not a trendy cafe. Oh, no, it's just a regular cafe. <laughs> <laughs> a more, more family-oriented type cafe. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> anyway, I think we've waffled a lot. So we'll get to our um, first topic, which is our business idea section. Or I'm not a businessman section. And um, I guess we're still sort of... Well, not, well, not we. More I am still mm. just uh, spending, you know, a sort of... Well, I guess some would argue too much time thinking about this mechanism. Man with ideas. Well, I have well, I just have one idea which I don't really know what to do with. But nonetheless, we we've been um, well, sorry, I should say I have been uh, thinking about the mechanism, and I guess the mechanism, uh, at least our our, our long time listeners will be sort of well acquainted with the me- with the mechanism. Essentially, um, you have a producer who sells something to you know into market one, and they make a profit. Then the, the person who buys it at market one can sell it in a second market at a price equal to the price that they bought plus the profit that the producer made. Um, and then the idea is the person who buys in market two will get um, the difference between the price in market one and market two, which is equal to the difference between market one and the, and the, um, and the, and, and the cost that the producer paid to the thing which is their profit mm-hmm. they will pay that to the 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 the, the buyer in market two so mm. the idea i guess at least theoretically is that um the price in market one should keep on rising and the price in market two should keep on mm. rising because that's just how the mechanism is yes. created um and so i guess two things one if you'd like to sort of do a bit of a uh, is it a puzzle? I don't know what to call it. But it's a puzzle, like to, yeah. yeah. Just like problem solve the problem. Exactly. Check out shepherdbridgetower.com and then go to the Shepherd Equilibrium, which I've named after myself. Mm. It's not really myself, but like it is myself, but I've mm. named it after myself. It's got a nice ring to it though. <laughs> you reckon? It does. But you know what I was, I was thinking it should actually really be called Oh, what I think? Oh yeah. I was thinking it should be called the Shepherd Singularity. Because it's more singularity <laughs> than an equilibrium. <laughs> But then I thought, <laughs> and then anyway, whatever. That's a different point. Perhaps another point for another day, or just a point to just like die in my mind. <laughs> but um, yeah. Check out the Shepherd Equilibrium link on the old website, and you know, see how far it can go. Anyway, but the thought that I had was, so last year, I just, so when we were, when we were housemates, we mm-hmm. had a uh, uh, a business idea. That, a business idea that we thought about, which was starting mm. a pizza shop. Yes, amongst you know, other things. There were amongst <laughs> a lot of other things. Which, which is because I guess you, you've always had a passion for, for cooking and mm. um, you've sort of toyed with the idea of starting a restaurant. Yes. So we sort of t- thought about starting a pizza shop, pizza shop, but we sort of needed a point of differentiation. And I guess that's what, I mean, you know, that's my area of expertise. <laughs> Points of differentiation or just like, just niche nonsense. That's where I think I like to shine. So we sort of thought about incorporating some aspects of like finance into it. And mm-hmm. yeah, we sort of kept, you know, we sort of bounced around, at least what I thought were some pretty in- interesting mm. ideas, but sort of nothing sort of came, you know, nothing sort of, at least in the moment, nothing mm. sort of materialized. But then I started to think like, maybe we could incorporate this mechanism into like the restaurant idea that we had initially. Mm. And so how it would work is we'd be like, whatever, a pizza restaurant. 
and we would sell like a like a essentially like a gift card or a voucher that says you have the right to one pizza in the mm. next month and say we sell that for 10 bucks and so let's say if we were to make the pizza and sell it for, you know and, and, and sell it for 10 bucks we would make a dollar mm. yeah, yes so we'd sell you the right to get a pizza which is simply selling you a pizza for mm. 10 bucks right so we would make a dollar assuming mm. it costs us nine bucks then what we do is we'll set up one market where you can just buy um, the, vouchers. the vouchers from us mm. and another market where you can sell the vouchers and you'll sell the vouchers for 11 bucks. Yes. And then we would pay the person who's buying the voucher for 11 bucks the extra dollar. So essentially buying it for 10 bucks. Mm. So the idea is some, like some, some people would actually buy the voucher because they want a pizza sometime in the future or today. Mm. And other people would just be like, hey, look, I can just make a free dollar. So I'm mm. just buy the... Um, the vouchers in market one, sell in market two. Mm. And then, like, you'll essentially get the mechanism going. Mm. So, I guess that was my latest idea to actually, like, sort of potentially implement the mechanism in your life. So, what are your thoughts, Henry? Mm. I guess one, one question that immediately springs to mind is why would a person in market two buy it for $11 when they could have gotten it for $10 in market one? Yeah, so they, they still are essentially getting it for... for, for um, for $10, $10 because we're still going to pay them back for $1 at some point yes. in the future. So they're still getting it for essentially, you know, like, okay, of yeah. course there's time Deferred, value of money, yeah. but, yes. you know, more or less they're getting it for for, mm. for, for, for $10. Bucks. Mm. Yeah. I guess the, uh, that, that's that's the main main thing that sort of sticks out to me. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that, you know, the, the time deferral of that one additional dollar will yeah. mean anything to people. But the, yeah, but then like the idea is then like say, you know, if the price, so I guess, so if, if the price goes from $10 to $10.50 in market, um, in market one, then again, they can come back and sell what they bought for $11 in market one at $10.50 mm. and then get $1 back sometime in the future. Mm. So, they really, they really bought something for eleven dollars and sold it for eleven fifty. So that's why they make money. Hmm. So I guess that's, I guess yeah. So I guess that's just a way of, of like making the mechanism a, a bit more concrete and attaching it to like an underlying asset, which um, which in this case would be at least pizzas, at least a theoretical pizza. So <laughs> hmm. yeah. Hmm. Well, my my second question is about uh, how you would separate the two markets. Um, you know whether it's geographically or how would you physically separate the two markets why um, because then otherwise wouldn't there be overlap yeah I mean yeah so so uh, yeah so like the okay yes the markets would be separate I mean yeah, you, you, you can do it geographically you can literally just have like in a store one table is market one and another table is market two mm. or you could do it electronically even though I'm not I mean I'm sure I'm sure you could do it electronically just have two different markets mm. um, but yeah I mean yeah I think you know at the very early stage, mm. I think there's no harm in doing it physically where mm. Mm. one, you know, whatever, one table's market one, over mm-hmm. there's market two, you buy here, <laughs> you sell it there. Um, but yeah, as, as I said, like I think, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure electronically you can just mm. develop two different markets mm. where you buy one, sell one. But I mean, I'm sure like if you do it electronically, there'll be some sort of means of verification and all kind of stuff. Yeah. So that would make it like harder to at least start electronically. But I'm sure as you grow, you could probably... I don't know, like get people who know technology to mm. do that stuff for you. Mm. But like initially, I'd assume just sort of, you know, doing it face to face, you know, would be pretty, like, it's in my mind, would be pretty, pretty easy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. No, intriguing. I, I think this, I think we've, we've discussed it at, at different points where 
the the mechanism you know if it does you know get applied to a real life situation it mm. could actually prove you know it could be a proof of concept if anything mm. yeah 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 exactly yeah and i think it would be um it yeah, definitely would be interesting to um yeah to see it in uh in real life hmm. yeah yes well i guess then we have to sort of do more thinking perhaps we can actually make this a real proof of concept here if you will yeah exactly yeah and then you know do it in real life which would be very interesting sweet <laughs> intriguing thought yeah now we'll move on to our what's cooking segment um i believe you had you had you had a few interesting thoughts for this one Oh, yes. Uh, thank you, Shepard. Uh, I, I do have a few interesting thoughts. Um, I guess the, the one I'd like to begin with is, um, what do you think of chicken palmas? I mean, broadly speaking, I like them. Mm. <laughs> um, More so than chicken schnitzel? Jeez, that's a tough question. I mean... Have you ordered a chicken palma ever? Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, I think I haven't, I've ordered one, but mm. not like, honestly, not in a while. Mm. But your default, so your default is a chicken schnitzel. Uh, yeah, probably. Bush came to shove, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the reason I ask is because um, I just don't get the whole concept of chicken parmas. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it's what, it's chicken schnitzel, but you put some tomato sauce and ham and cheese on top. Yeah. What's the point of the cheese? It gets rid of the crunch factor. That's which is what you want, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, but isn't it less? I don't know. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, but, what does the cheese add? I mean, I guess the cheesy flavour. Yes. But do you want cheesy flavour on your chicken? Do I want cheesy <laughs> flavour? I mean, I guess it, I mean, it must be, it's popular enough for it to be like existing as a meal. Hmm. I wonder if this is an American invention. You reckon? I wonder, because I feel like, you know, in a lot of American type cuisine, there's a lot of cheese on different items. Mm. So, and sauce. Mm. So I'm like, I wonder, because remember when we were, when we were travelling together, we were in Vienna and... Mm. No, we had a chicken schnitzel and that was just schnitzel. They didn't have parma on the menu from memory. That's a good point. That's so, a good point. So, so someone must have made it exactly. sometime. Yeah, so I'm just like, hmm, who invented the chicken parma? That's, yeah, hmm. I don't like, yeah, I mean, the ignorant side of me is like, <laughs> is it Italian? Surely not. Is, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because it's served a lot in like, Ita- not Italian restaurants, but I guess like, at least places that market themselves as kind of Italian. As, yeah, as Italian yeah. institutions. Hmm. Yeah, no, so, I mean, that, that was an interesting thought in the discussion that I had with, um, with, with another person the other day, you know, whether they preferred Parma or Schnitzel. Mm. And that got me thinking, uh, then, you know, that's what brought me back. I remember the time when we were traveling and we, we ate, uh, what did they call it in, in, in German? Do you remember? Wiener something. Yeah, like yeah Wiener, exactly. I was think. It? I, don't, I can't remember <laughs> Yeah, so that was, that was actually quite nice. And I thought, hmm, I don't remember seeing a parma on the menu mm. in those restaurants. So I wonder, you know, who invented that? The chicken parma. But yeah. Do you think it's a good invention? No, I always scrap the cheese off. Yeah. I feel like the cheese just gets in the way. Yeah. And the whole thing becomes soggy. I mean, but surely if you eat it sort of like quick <laughs> enough, then, you know. <laughs> so speed is the factor. I assume so. At least it's a factor. I mean, not the factor, but a factor. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. But no, that, that, that's, that's one, one interesting thing that I thought I had mm. about um, the cooking sort of side of things. But the other thing I had was a question for you is, do you know when you attend events and they cater food? Mm. You know, and most of, and oftentimes, I think anyway, the food should be by default bite-sized. 
Mm. What are your thoughts? Sometimes they serve you stuff that requires, you know, a whole exercise, you know, taking out the shell and then yeah. you, know, you wait for the person to come back and you put the shell on the plate again. It's just too much effort, don't <laughs> you think? No, it should just be things that, like, you can just sort of grab, sort of eat and move on. Like, it shouldn't be... Um, the, I mean, you, you, they should keep, like, the fidgeting to a minimum. Mm. You shouldn't need any utensils. Just grab, put it in your mouth. Hopefully it tastes good. And tastes then, good, and yeah, exactly. move on. <laughs> Because the other day I was at an event and they had, uh, they effectively had tacos, but you had to construct your own tacos. So, oh, they, you know, you had your, your chips and then, you know, and then you had to put, you know, to spoon on your own avocado and then mm. you spoon on your other toppings on top. Mm. And I just found the whole experience to be a bit challenging because if you're holding a drink in one hand and you're trying to spoon this thing on, onto your onto your um your chip and meanwhile you're talking to people around you and yeah. the person with the food is looking at you and mm-hmm. judging you as you slowly do it mm. so i feel like it's just a bit cumbersome yeah i think, yeah, I think <laughs> the whole like i mean tell them to const- i mean broadly speaking i'm not a fan of the whole like construct your own food i'm like you like deconstructed food no it's like neither <laughs> i mean just bring me food that i'm just gonna eat wait i sorry i should say I don't like constructing my own food because that's just too much effort. Just bring me food and I eat it. And the whole idea is like deconstructing something. It's like, no, you're just trying to, you're just making, it's more just like, hey, pay me more so I can do less. Just, just no, just do food normally, people. Like, what are we doing? So you don't like something like a deconstructed apple pie? No, like what? No, just construct the apple pie and make it nice and, you know, allow me to eat it. Oh no, that's yeah, that, that's fair. Because I feel like in in nicer restaurants these days, you know, they always have deconstructed something rather. Mm. Maybe you know you get to stage of ridiculousness where you have deconstructed burger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, it's just like some bread and and some oh, I was gonna say meat, but like, what if it's not necessarily a bit, uh, mm. like a it could be a vegan deconstructed burger? So mm. I don't know. I'm I'm not a fan, broadly speaking, but. Mm. Maybe I'm just not, like, hip enough for <laughs> for the high-end cuisine. No. Well, maybe you stick to the simple stuff. You're a simple man. Exactly. I'm a very, I'm a very simple human being. Yeah. Nothing too complicated. You don't, don't throw spanners in the works. Exactly. Like, if it's, if it's not broken, <laughs> no need to fix it. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway. But th- those are the two thoughts I had in the mm. cooking segment mm. in recent times. Oh, that's some interesting stuff. Like, I guess my diet as a, well... My diet, say, my diet as of recent <laughs> hasn't been varied, but my diet has just never been varied, period. Hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, we've got some family celebrations sort of soon, so hopefully go to some restaurants, not hopefully, we'll be going to some restaurants and... You'll you be know, varying your diet then? I shall be, so, you know, I'll see what, uh, you know, what, <laughs> what I can check out, what, what I can eat. <laughs> if I notice anything interesting, unusual, I'll, hmm. you know, bring that to the table. Hmm. Nothing know. deconstructed. As long as... Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in our Bowl So Hard segment, you know, we're going to, I guess, talk about basketball broadly. Mm. And sadly, I haven't got much. Like, I guess, I, yeah, I feel as though this is a theme over the last couple of mm. episodes. I, I haven't been playing any basketball, sadly. Mm. Have, have you, Henry? No, neither have I. Um, although I didn't watch a match. I think it was four days ago mm. as I was uh, doing some chores around the house and I had the TV on and it was the playoffs. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. I think it might be Boston or something like that. Milwaukee? Yeah. Oh, I think it might it was have been. Against, oh. It was against 50 piece. 
Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Although anyway, I was watching that and I, I was just surprised. What struck me was how quickly um, the one side turned things around. I mean, mm. I think they were down 20 odd points and yeah. within five minutes it was turned around. So I reckon, so that, I guess, yeah, that's actually an interesting observation because like, I guess one of the reasons why that happens now is because people shoot so many three pointers. Hmm. So now if you just like, so, so if you're down, say 12 points, Hmm. And then, um, you're you know you you shoot five three pointers, then that's fifteen points, hmm. and then you're able to stop the other team from scoring. Then all of a sudden you're down. You go from down twelve to being up three. Hmm. So because people shoot so many three pointers now, like score like, um, leads that seem insurmountable hmm. are now sort of slightly more surmountable. So hmm. yeah, I think that's a very interesting. That's a very interesting observation that you make because, yeah, it, it it's it's something that like if you you know if you sort of listen to some of the commentary it's often a point that that's made that um no lead is essentially safe these days just because of the way teams play hmm. so yeah hmm. yeah but I, I was just very surprised because i thought uh, i can remember like i said which side but i thought the side that was leading by you know over 30 points 20 points had it in the bag and yeah. it just turned it turned around and i was quite shocked <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i guess it means that games are a lot more exciting um and it mm. means that people you know it's it's sort of behooves one to watch until the end because you never know yeah you might sort of think oh one team's up by 20 points and mm. you just you know turn off and go do something else but you never know a team might go on a run mm. and then you know once once a team starts going on a run the other team starts to panic a bit <laughs> and then all of a sudden you know uh the team that was losing by a good amount is now winning Hmm. And I think that's the beauty of live sport, to be honest. I think mm. it's just about any sport. You know, things can turn around. You know, mm. for example, I would say tennis, you know, someone could be losing, uh, you know, five, five to two, and then they could just turn things around and just win the entire set. Mm. Exactly. So yeah. I think that's the beauty of live sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. I think live sport is one of the things that, like, people don't really watch TV much, hmm. but live sport is something that is still really good fun to watch on TV. Um, just because, yeah, it's live and, 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 um, keeps you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. And you also want to, you, you want to be there to experience that like massive change of that drama hmm. because it's, it's, it's much worse if someone's like, Hey, look, that game was really good. This is what happened. Yeah. But if you're actually there watching it, um, you're sort of experiencing that in the moment. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not, not just through the highlights that people play back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. So, you know, I think. I'll try. Well, I'm I'm sort of trying to keep up with with the playoffs. They'll they'll soon be over. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll try and keep up with that. But I obviously want to play more, play more basketball. Hit mm-hmm. the court up a bit more. Yeah, you should. Uh, I think you know there. Hopefully, some days where the sun's out, just yeah. Have, well, throw guess, some hoops. Yeah, exactly. The the issue now is like I think you know it gets dark a bit a bit earlier, mm. which it is does, uh, not ideal. So mm. it makes you know like the old after work hoop a bit more complicated maybe you can just play midnight <laughs> yeah well I think I think the court actually closes at like 6 or 7 or something probably oh they lock the courts right yeah. so you know lock the place up oh fair enough well yeah. we have to find a time when we'll both play again and perhaps you know uh, I, I might be now a less amateur player <laughs> exactly you might have secretly been working on your game and just not not telling me just concealing <laughs> that fact yeah exactly Maybe I uh, hopefully might qualify for playoffs one day. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. I'd be dropping fifty pieces left, right, and center. 
Anyway. Yeah. But no, it's good to catch up with you again. It uh, is. It's, as I said, it's been some time, so, you know, mm. it's good to see you again. And, and oh, it shows, shows that the episode is actually like serving its function. No, it is. Of, you know, exactly. You know, making sure we don't <laughs> drift apart. No, indeed. Uh, anyway, it's good to, good to see you, Henry. Like always, check us out on Instagram at saba.lira. Um, like the pages. Check out shepherdbridgetower.com forward slash shepherd equilibrium. Oh, yes, check out everything on the website, <laughs> but specifically the shepherd equilibrium. Hopefully, um, you know, you enjoy that. So thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next time. Indeed. And you'll still be friends. Indeed.